1: Howdy ho, Jen and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 279. I'm going to send it out to LeBron James because he helped me get a bingo uh, on the NBA uh, Gambling Podcast MLK Day Bingo Contest. So thank you, LeBron James. I will split my prize in half with you, so you're going to get some SGPN gear if it comes in your size, which I'm not sure if it does. Anyhow, um, thank you for coming to the podcast. It's not a LeBron James podcast. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast. We have the first MMA, not MMA, first UFC pay-per-view of 2023 going down this weekend that we're going to break down for you. Um, Myself, Jeff Chalks Fox, and my co-host will make all the picks. On this episode, we're going to make all the picks for the prelim portion of the card, which is a buttload of fights. So our our pre-show meeting uh, consisted of we have to hurry and get through the prelims and not (laughs) dawdle too much. Because there's 10 fights on the prelims, for crying out loud. Uh, that's we should have made this a three episode one, but nonetheless, we'll uh, we will soldier on and get get as crammed into your ear holes as fast as we as we can. Let's bring in the laughing man himself, Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. So, first of all, I didn't expect you to throw
0: this out to LeBron James, that was one of the more surprising ones. And then I will also say it is it is a 10 fight prelim card, but I will tell you. There's maybe two or three of them on here that I think you could probably fly through maybe we we don't need to dig there too, too some, much into, yeah
1: there's some massive odds uh on some of these fights um yeah. Who, uh, who helped you? You got a bingo, too. Who, who got you your bingo? They'll get so next I, episode. I, I didn't even
0: I didn't even realize that I had a bingo at first. Uh, I just I, The prize was sent to my mailbox, and I was like, I think there was a mistake because I had my
1: bingo oh, card. I, I mentioned to you that you got bingo, too, but yeah, I guess not, you didn't realize it.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what you were telling me. So I had screenshotted my bingo card, but I guess what I didn't realize was that uh, if a guy is not going to play, they switch out the spot. So I oh, had like had okay. Giannis in a spot. Uh, which right. wound up getting swapped out for this is this is going to be a terrible person to throw it out to because it's Jalen Green. Oh, um,
1: uh, I hate him.
0: Yeah, but he got the under. Well, I don't hate so him. But I, I
1: get how he plays. He
0: got he got the under, so on uh, point.
1: Oh, okay, that's good then. Maybe, maybe <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I just
0: yeah. don't like.
1: I don't hate him personally. I just don't like how he plays. But he's young. Well, maybe, maybe. It'll well, be he
0: nice he, he got the under, so it was a yeah, good night for him. But it was a good night for me. <laughs> perfect.
1: So yeah, it's uh, we got a got a buttload of fights um so we should probably as you said probably begin and they should come up with bingo for ufc that would be fun i wonder if they do i should look into that that would be fun anyhow um we have got like a number of times uh daniel Cormier says something dumb a number of times uh referee <laughs> referee <laughs> left the fighter almost died because so they don't stop it in time you know number of bad judges decisions stuff like that
0: yeah but, uh do- dominic cruz yelling for underhooks
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, all the fun. All right. Um, you'll see 283. I, I accidentally called it 285 when I was doing my article because that's all I, anyone's talking about. It's kind of getting overshadowed by 285, right? A little bit. A little, little bit, especially People with are the. excited not, about 285.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a triple title
1: fight card now. What? Did they officially add a third one?
0: Um, I don't know if it's official, but Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana is, uh, I'm being told, a done deal.
1: Wowzers. Wow! Wow! Anyhow, um, we'll talk about that in two months, everybody. All right, hang on there. Uh, we got 283, and they're back in Brazil finally, Rio de Janeiro. How do you say the arena name, Dan? Junesse. That's French. Junesse Arena is, is how it's. I I, uh, I
0: did I did not even see it, so I, yeah. I couldn't tell you.
1: J e u n e s s e, which is totally like French type word. Je ne, sais. Je ne sais quoi? Uh, anyhow, I uh, I do not know how to say it, but that's how I said it. I said it like French. Um, It is going down as I said. Saturday, it is going uh, regular time. UFC has a wacky, uh, not pay-per-view, wacky fight now that's starting like at one in the morning coming up. But no, this one is regular time. So we're going to be talking about the early prelims, which start at six p.m. and they are on. What are they on? They're on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass, and then the main prelims eight p.m. on ABC. So the big time, UFC big time, uh, ESPN big time again, and ESPN plus um and we will jump into it how 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 did i do uh nope we did i didn't race through it at all uh we're already like what five minutes in?
0: yeah yeah we're about five I, minutes i, in. I wasted there plenty you. of
1: time plenty <laughs> of time as per usual all right let's jump into it before i'll tell you about when after we we get at least one fight uh out of there uh, a lot of contender series veterans on this uh, or debuting contender series fighters on this fight card so um Gumby will have lots of info, and I'll mostly forget most of them. I, I remember these guys. So, Bannon Weights. Saman Oliveira versus Daniel. Marcos. A lot of Brazilians on the card as well. Um, Marcos. Sonco- Coro is the nickname, which he explained, I believe, on the Top Turtle podcast this week. And I already forget, I, even though I just listened to it today. What's the nickname mean, Dan?
0: If you say it a bunch of times, it sounds like heart, because it's like heart backwards, basically. Oh. That, that's, that's generally the gist of it I got.
1: Okay. Okay. It was one of those... Um, Actually, it wasn't that bad, but it was one of those translated uh, interviews, which is always fun to listen to. But it, w- it was actually it wasn't bad. No, it was a good, uh, good interpreter. When
0: when you've yes, got a good it interpreter, uh, it, it makes all the difference.
1: Yep. All right. So listen to the Top Journal MMA podcast, Dan's other podcast, where he interviewed this man, Daniel Marcos. Sankaro, he is a perfect 13-0, seven knockouts on his resume. This will be his UFC debut after going 1-0 on the Contender Series. Was a regional champion. Two years younger than Oliveira, three inches taller, one inch reach, plus 130. Uh, Oliveira, 18-4, five knockouts, 11 submissions, never been finished in the fight. 0-1 in the UFC, 1-0 on the Contender Series. He's won five of his last six fights. He did lose his last fight, as I, I mentioned. That was his UFC fight. He used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at bantamweight, was a regional champ. 2013, MMA, pro MMA debut, minus 155. Would you like to go first, Daniel. Yeah,
0: I I usually go first on the prelims. Um, I'm going to take Daniel Marcos here. I'm I'm going to go dog right at the gate, um, which is my second week in a row doing it, although the last one got canceled. Uh, I I couldn't believe he posted as an underdog, to be completely honest with you. Because if you go back and you look at their two contender series fights, and and granted, like, Simon Oliveira has had his debut since then. But, like, you know, he he, he lost to Tony Gravely and got wildly outgrappled. Like, I don't even know how much you, you count that. But Simon Oliveira fought Jose Alde in his uh, his contender series fight, and he didn't even look particularly good. He like definitely lost the second round. He was kind of, uh, you know, like I could see him getting not getting the third round. You know, one judge actually gave the third round to Alday. It was a split decision. All day has not looked good. He's actually two and four in his last six fights. Um, but he looked his best against Simon Oliveira because he's just got like so much wasted movement. Um, and then on the other side, Daniel Marcos actually cashed for us as an underdog on this last season, the Contender Series. Um, he he was fighting Brandon Lewis, a guy coming back to the Contender Series for the second time. And not only did he beat him, but like he he's the one who I remember came off of a three-year layoff and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, who knows who this Peruvian dude is coming off of three years and not fighting. And he looked otherworldly. He looked like he had completely transformed himself. And largely he did. He moved to Florida. He's working with Charles Rosa in American Combat Gym. And his striking looks so much improved. And I just think here, first of all, he's the more technical striker than Oliveira. He's not going to be wasting all of that movement. Second of all, he's shown he has exceptional power. He knocked down Brandon Lewis one time. And he had pretty good wrestling defense in that fight, which, you know, I don't know that Simon Oliveira is going to go there. But if he gets pieced up enough on the feet, it's nice to know that Daniel Marcos can probably stuff that if he needs to. So, yeah, I like Marcos quite a bit here. Shocked to see him as an underdog. So uh, happy to be getting that plus money early on.
1: All right. I'll ride with you. I haven't written my article yet, Dan, so I can ride with you. On <laughs> you, some you can fly by, by the seat too. of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Um, it was one of the ones I did have a question mark. Um, over. Um, didn't we like Olivero at the time? Did we We liked him going in and then we didn't like him as much after Contender Series or, or I liked what was him, the other?
0: I liked him going into the Contender Series fight then I saw yeah. it and I was like, ah man Like yeah, all okay. that flashy shit that works on the regional scene right, does right, not work against the step up. And then Marcos, the exact opposite uh, I mean like he was a big dog against Brandon right. Lewis and people were like I-, I think you're crazy for betting him and stuff like that. And then he came out and just looked you know, exceptional. Like he was almost like a stab in the dark because I was fading Brandon Lewis, and yeah. he he wound up being like you know better than I could even imagine.
1: All right, give me the dog, an undefeated dog who's younger and bigger and seems to be improving with every you, fight. You love so, yeah. the long reach, though. So. I do, I do. Even though the stats really don't. Long reach is what. I do keep stats for like long 52% reach.
0: Two percent or something. It,
1: yeah, it is it, it's not it's a bit better. Four inches or more reach, fifty-four percent. So it's almost like at the point where I'm not even gonna track it anymore if it if it goes any lower. But anyhow, I'll take it here. Um, I'd also take all my bets over to Winbet, of course, because WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, plus the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. But you're going to win, too, of course. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. Holy smokes. I did I did read that correctly. A $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcastcom slash WinBet so they know we sent you That sportsgamblingpodcastcom slash Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at Winbed.com Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through is available. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It's good that the less uh, professional of the two of us is the one that steers the ship and does the ad reads, right? That's good. That, that's all right. <laughs> you're, you're Mr. Uh, you're Mr. Professional. Look, I, I hear you on your other podcast, and then here I drag you down to my level. All right. <laughs> waits I they I had a question mark in this one too. Do you have a question mark on this one at all before we jump into it, the next fight? I
0: I have I have some takes on it, but uh, okay. yeah, I don't I don't know that 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 helps you at all before your <laughs> all right. analysis is coming out. But yeah, right. I have some takes.
1: Ben waits. <laughs> Lewin Lissurda versus Cody Stamen. Um, so we got Lacerda. He's twelve and one with ten submissions. He's been submitted one time. This will be his UFC debut. He's won 10 straight fights, six straight via finish, was a regional champion. Used to fight at Bantamweight. He's an inch taller, nine inches of reach over over over, over, over Cody Staven, four years younger, plus 290. Jeff's having a stroke on air. Um, Cody Staven, Mr. Wonderful or Spartan, Uh, 25 and one, 20-5-1. Seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice. Six, four, and one in the UFC. He looked bad until his last fight, which he won via TKO. Uh, he lost three straight before then, so he's gone one in three over his last four. He used to fight at featherweight. Multiple region championships on his. Mantle. 2011 Pro MMA debut. one as a boxer. Minus 380. The only problem is I have to make the first pick here, right? Um, <laughs> I uh, you can't just ride with me the whole time? <laughs> no. Cody Stamen didn't. Like he did not look very good for a while there, but then his last fight, he looked good. So, so does that mean he's actually good again? That's the question. Um, and who is this Lewin and guy? Is he related to the other Lacerda? Isn't there another Lacerda, Daniel Lacerda? I don't no. know if he's
0: related yeah, to there's Daniel, Daniel Lacerda.
1: Yeah. Lacerda, da Silva, the guy with the multiple, multiple names. Um, this guy's fought in LFA too. I'm going with the big dog, Lou and Lacerda.
0: All right.
1: I, I'm Tell me why not- I'm wrong.
0: I, i'm not um
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, you, you're right there are a lot of reasons to like him right like you you like the reach you like the age yep. you know you like the the heavy submissions you like the fact that you know cody stamen didn't look great the last few times out here's the thing i will say about that though look at the guys he didn't look great against sedner Megamedov, marab Devalashvili, jimmy rivera um and then if you want to go back, the last time he looked bad before that was Aljamain Sterling uh, and really yeah. he didn't look bad in that whole fight. He, he just looked bad in a little bit of it. And the thing about Juan Lacerda, because I, I had to go back and remind myself of what he looked like in LFA, um, that fight with Marceli Alves, he looked like he had no clue of what to do on the feet. He looked very confused, uh, afraid to pull the trigger, and he doesn't have good wrestling. Uh, most of the time he got the fight to the mat. It was by getting in tie-ups and getting in clinches and then just falling down and hoping Masili Alves just like engaged him in it. And sometimes he did. And sometimes he didn't. And when Alves backed out, which was most of the first round, he, he probably was winning. He was getting the betters of the exchanges on the feet. He was looking better, uh, in clinch striking, but like, Lacerda just kept falling to the mat until eventually he fell down once and was able to, like, sweep and take Alvarez's back. I just don't see that as, like, a reasonable way to beat Cody Stamen, right? Like, all of those guys who were talking about beating Cody Stamen are guys who, like, low-key have a little bit of wrestling or can outstrike him, right? Jimmy Rivera, good, uh, you know, exceptional striking, good takedown defense. Mirab devashvili excellent wrestler in his own right. Sadner Magomedov. Pieced him up on the feet until he panic shot and he grabbed a guillotine choke. I just don't think Luan Lacerda can do any of that. Like, I think if Cody Stamen shot a takedown and there was a submission there, I think Lacerda could grab it. He's got sharp jujitsu. I just don't think Cody Stamen is going to do bad enough in the striking that he's going to panic and shoot a takedown. So I'm going to take Cody Stamen in what will probably just be a kind of like boring striking battle. Of somebody backing away from Cody Stamen for 15 minutes.
1: Oh boy, can't wait! And I'm, perhaps I'm on the wrong side too, or maybe I'll hit massive dogs uh, or two dogs what, to start off. What, what was
0: the what was the massive number for him and the the ugly number for stamen that you're plus saying? Plus
1: 290. This would and, be this would And my so then what plus.
0: was what was Stamen? Uh, minus
1: 380.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, that's that's not a bad price for somebody to throw in a parlay, in my opinion. But throw you buy all me, fine. You, by all means, hit your, your massive jump.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's go to women's featherweights. A couple of women I do know. Uh, Josiane Nunes versus Zara Fern Dos Santos, who's not been around for a long time, but she is back. Uh, dos Santos Infinite is the nickname. Six and four with four knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. O and 2 in the UFC, got finished in both fights. However, she's not fought since February of 2020. She's not one since December of 2017. Um, yeah, that's a long time. Those those kids are still in. Those kids are uh, people that were born there and are already in school, right? Yes, yeah, they are. They're in, they're in grade grade kindergarten. Um, she used to fight at Bantamweight 2013 pro MMA debut. She's six inches taller than Nunes, five inches of reach on her. She's been outstruck in her two UFC fights by 4.63 strikes per minute. So it's not a good uh, number, not a good path to victory there plus four ten uh josie is her nickname for josie Ann. very very uh creative nickname nine and one with seven knockouts never been finishing a fight two and all in the ufc she's won eight straight fights she last lost a fight not win lost a fight november of 2013 um so yeah those those kids are real old now uh, they're driving cars almost not really. Uh she used to fight at light lightweight <laughs> and it's got some different laws. Dude. It's true. But we do we are allowed to drink when we're 19 here. So it is a little different. Um former lightweight and bantamweight. Um lightweight, yes, lightweight at women's. Um 2013, she also made her debut. Uh she's ten years younger than Dos Santos. Striking stats in her favor. She's almost four times more active landing strikes than Dos Santos. And Dos Santos likes to eat some strikes, that's for sure. Uh she's outstruck her UFC opponents by 3.17 strikes per minute. So that's a what? Almost eight strike difference uh between her and Dos Santos. Grappling stats are in her favor as well, minus five seventy. Maybe this is one of the fights, but we don't have to spend any more time on,
0: right? Yeah, Josie Nunez just wings bombs, and yep. she lands a lot of them. She's super strong, uh, and her grappling's decent. Zara firing it, it does not look good in clinch exchanges. Um, I mean, she lost by submission to Megan Anderson, who we largely think of as mostly a striker. Um, she looked like she had no ground game against Felicia Spencer. Uh, yeah, like I, I, I just don't have very much faith in her grappling. I don't think she has good enough output to win a striking match here. And like, if you just stand with Josie Nunez, she knocks you out. So yeah, give me, give me Josie Nunez here.
1: I think of Megan Anderson as mostly a analyst at this point. So not as, I mean, yeah, that's,
0: day. that's pretty much what she is. And also oh, that it's was on
1: tonight. reminds that remember. I got a set of recorder. That's on Invicta. Yeah.
0: yeah Invicta's on tonight.
1: <laughs> she does a good job, actually. Uh, she's pretty oh, good. Oh, She's
0: amazing. She's, yeah. and I've interviewed Megan Anderson a bunch of times and yep. she's like, She's super nice and, and incredibly well-spoken.
1: Yeah, she's one of those. She seems to get a lot of crap from people for some for some reason, but anyhow, um, she she seems nice and she does a good job. So anyhow, this isn't a Megan Anderson podcast, but it could be. Um, so we're both going with Josie Nunes. All right, let's move on to a fight that's much much closer uh, odds wise than the uh, last few that we went through. Welterweights, Warley Alves versus Nicholas Dalby. Um, as I said, Welch waits. We'll tell you about Dolby first. Locomotivo, L O K O M O T I V O. That's actually a fun nickname. I, I yeah I, uh, Locomotivo? The locomo, yes. Fine, I said it wrong. Locomotivo. <laughs> you, you mispronounce easy things at Cormier, so get over yourself, all right? I just
0: don't believe in saying his name the
1: French way. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, Dolby is 20 4 1 with two no contests. Uh, so a wacky record with uh, that many no contests and a draw thrown in for good measure. Six knockouts, four submissions. He's never been finished in a fight, so that is very impressive. Uh, coming up on almost 30 fights. Four, three, and two in the UFC over two stints. However, he's doing much better in his most recent stint. Um, he's got win, loss, win over his last three fights. Was the Cage Warriors champion. Also, he has multiple regional championships on his mantle. mantle. Correct. 2010, pro MMA debut. Two inches of reach on Alves. Striking stats in his favor. This is one of those wacky things. His strike differential is zero. He's, we've come across this a few times. He's got, what, nine fights, and somehow he's been hit exactly the same amount of times as he's hit his opponents. So it's at plus minus zero. Um, 0.0, 0 uh, to be exact. Uh, minus 105 on him. So we're talking to pick him odds almost here. Alves, 14 to 5, four knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Eight and five in the UFC. He's got a win, loss, win, loss. So he's due for a win, perhaps. He did get KO'd in his last fight. That was uh, quite a while ago, though, June of 2021. So hopefully he's got the cobwebs out uh, of his head by then. Since then, 3-0 on the ultra fighter and the champion. I believe that was at middleweight. Does that sound right to you? Because he did. Fight uh, in middleweight
0: yes, I believe he fought up for that one.
1: Yeah, which tends to be the case. Uh, what am I looking at? Now that I lost my screen. Here we are. 2011, Pro MMA debut. So he's been around the block. Se- uh, seven years younger than Dolby, despite... Uh, both of them almost starting at the same time. He's been obstructing the UFC by about half a strike per minute. Minus 0. 0.56 is his strike differential. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus 115. All right. This is one of the ones I was kind of back and forth on. I have come down on the side of Alves. Just, I think the grappling and the uh, wrestling will will rue the day for him. So uh, rule the day, not rue. Uh, rule the day for him. So give me Alves. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. I, I think... Nicholas Dalby
0: has had a, a few issues with his takedown defense, like four takedowns to an exhausted Claudio Silva, who's kind of like over the hill is certainly worrisome that the takedown to Tim means worried me a little bit, you know, like Cowboy Oliveira, although that fight's kind of old now, got him down a bunch of times. All of those things worry me a little bit. And it, it also worries me a little bit that like, you know, he hasn't really fought anybody you think of as a big puncher with the exception of like Daniel Rodriguez. Like that might be the biggest puncher he's ever fought. And Wally Alves hits so freaking hard, dude. Like w- Warley Alves has been putting people away with body punches and he's got, you know, submission skills when he does get to the mat. Like w- Warley Alves is a legit dude here. So, y- y- you know, he's, he finished Colby Covington. I feel like we don't talk about that enough that Warley Alves finished Colby Covington. So, uh, yeah, like I, I think all is going to keep it standing for a while. And if he does get frustrated with it, I think you're going to see him go to the mat. And if he does, like, I-, I think he's got a big advantage there.
1: Few things. I never talk about all this, uh, finishing Covington. So you're right. Um, <laughs> maybe I should include that in my day-to-day conversations more often. um, you worry too much about Dolby. I'm sure he thinks nothing about you. So he
0: doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think yeah, not often not, at least.
1: And and a serious point now. Um, yeah, Dolby maybe he's never been finished in a fight, but he's he's been in he actually wars, has so. he actually has been finished once in a fight. He got finished oh, yes, by right.
0: Jesse Ronson, who yeah. uh, wound up testing positive for steroids afterwards. Right. So he just had a submission loss. Yeah. Um, and he bled so much in a Cage Warriors fight yes. that the mat <laughs> was unsafe. Um, yeah, that's, kinda, that's fantastic. That, that's kind of yeah. It was a fight with Ross Houston. Super good fight. Um, but also like that's kind of a thing about him too is he is a bleeder. So you know that. <laughs> yep. That sometimes comes into play. Who knows?
1: He's Ric Flair in his prime. But yeah, the point being maybe he hasn't been finished, but he's been in a lot of battles. So there is a lot of wear and tear on the on the old tires. So yeah, we're both going with Alves there. Okay. Um, where are we now? We're moving. Oh, why is this one on the early prelims? Anyhow, lightweights. Terrence McKinney versus Ismail Bonfim, the first of the Bonfim brothers, the older of the two. Uh, Marata is his nickname, which is Sledgehammer. Yes, Sledgehammer. We know that from Diego Santos. And Dan knows it just from being a smart guy that knows multiple languages. Um, Bonfim, 18 to 3, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted three times. This is his UFC debut after going 1 0 in the contender series. has won 12 straight fights. He's not lost since July of 2014, so it has been a while. He's used fight at welterweight. he's used fight at featherweight. he's used fight at bantamweight, so this, he's been all over the map. Uh, regional champ, 2011 pro MMA debut, one year younger than McKinney. More active landing strikes than him, but we're based in, th- these stats are based off of one fight in the contenders, series, where he outstruck his opponent by 2.67 strikes per minute, plus 105, the number on bone theme. T-Rex, McKinney, 13-4. Oh, sorry. T-Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S. Rex, as in Rex. He wrecks his opponents. Yes. Um, thirteen and four, five knockouts, eight submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents, and he's been finished in all of his losses. Three knockouts, one submission is the uh, damage on him. Three and one in the UFC. He won his last fight via submission. He has missed weight before. He's also fought at welterweight, and he's also fought at featherweight. All one on the contender series. Do you remember who he lost to?
0: Um, Terence McKinney. <laughs> Oh, I do. I think we talked about him recently. Anyway, uh, I'll put the intern on it. I got it
1: right now. Let me see. Uh wasn't Justin Williams. Uh, Sean Woodson. Oh, it's Sean Woodson. Yeah, he was winning that fight in the
0: aid of flying knee.
1: Yep, there you go. Yep. That'll that'll do it to you. Um, regional champion for McKinney. Two inches taller, two inches of reach. Also advantage on Bonfim. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.59 strikes per minute. Very impressive. Grappin stats in his favor as well. Minus 125. Is it your turn? Yeah, your. It's turn. my
0: turn. Yeah, I'm all over Terrence McKinney at this number. Um, you know, I I think I've said before, I I really like Gabriel Bonfim, who we'll talk about in a bit. I am not so sold on Ishmael Bonfim. Um, he does a lot of the same things as Gabriel does. He like moves forward with a pace. He's clearly got some jiu-jitsu skills when it does hit the mat. I just like think he lacks. Like the defensive prowess that his brother has. Like G- Gabriel is good at like moving forward, getting in your face, but also not getting hit. And Ishmael seems to lack that latter piece. Uh, that that piece of not getting hit on the return or not trading one for one. And against Terrence McKinney, man, dude, I I think that that is a massive mistake. Like being overly aggressive against Terrence McKinney just gets you finished. And, and the thing is, is like. Terrence McKinney has only failed to finish one guy since he's moved back up to lightweight, and it was Drew Dober who's got, like, one of the most insane chins out of anybody I've ever seen before. So, like, do I think that Bonfim could take a couple of his punches? Yeah, he's pretty tough, but, like, I don't know how many he can take. So, yeah, I, I like McKinney quite a bit at this number here.
1: Yep, getting hit by uh, McKinney is not a, a good idea. So, yeah, give me Terrence McKinney over the lesser of the two Bonfimes. Um, even though he, he did a lot better than you expected. Right. When contender series. Uh, that I
0: don't, I, I don't know even that I picked against him. I think mostly because I, I didn't think the opponent they gave him was very good. Okay. Um, it was Abasov who, who, if I remember correctly is like a Eastern European guy with like no striking. Um, so I like kind of expected him to go in there and win, but like not look good. And then they gave a contract anyway. Cause of the brother thing.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. I, I remember now. All right, let's go to the main event. Of the early prelims, so um yeah. but it, it's a main event in our heart. <laughs> w- one of our friends are on it, uh one of our favorites. Uh made, Almeida, how many days out from the fight? We're what three three or four days out now? Uh, this fight might actually happen. It might, might actually happen. happen. It's already <laughs> been uh what twice been scratched, I believe. Uh versus Shamil Abdurrakimov. Uh Abdurrakimov abrak is the nickname. Do you know what that means? A A B R E K.
0: I don't, actually.
1: A bandit or a thug in oh. the caucus regions. Interesting. Yep. Uh, he's 20-7. 21-7 losses, nine knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out five times, submitted once. One of those numbers is going to go up on uh, Saturday. Spoiler. 5-5 uh, five and five <laughs> in the UFC. 0-3 over his last three, all via TKO. He was a regional champion. He, uh, based on their last wins, he was 41 pounds heavier than uh, Almeida. Um, minus... He's been outstruck by 0.2 strikes per minute, plus 610 if you want it. Um, plus 610, that is correct. Versus maldenino. do you know what that means? Maldenhino, uh, Maldenhino.
0: Bad, bad one or bad guy or bad bad something? Google says Tabby,
1: <laughs> which I don't believe is correct. I think um, I think
0: that's wrong, but I... Yep, pretty sure it is.
1: Mal, yeah, and, mal,
0: is, mal is a prefix that means bad in Spanish. Maldenhino uh,
1: means little or, camp, or, or small, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and small, yeah. so...
1: Little bad tabby. I
0: I don't think he's a little bad tabby.
1: (laughs) That's what the episode is going to be now, though. Little bad tabby. All right. All right. Almeida, we'll call him. um Or Jilton Jr., if you prefer. He's 17 and two, six knockouts, 11 submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents. He's been knocked out one time. He's won three straight fights. Sorry, he's won more than that. Three and all in the UFC, one no contender series, 12 straight fights. he's won he's not lost since january of 2018 so he's crammed a lot of fights in over the past five years um multiple regional championships on his mantle yes used to be a middleweight used to be a light heavyweight we'll see what he weighs here uh bet he's gonna be closer to light heavyweight than heavyweight but um or heavyweight limit at least uh 2012 pro MMA debut he also is a pro grappler three inches of reach on Abdurakhimov. 10 years younger Striking and active striking stats in his favor over him. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 3.13 strikes per minute. He's grappling stats are in his favor as well. Minus 975. Give me Almeida, obviously. And maybe this will turn into one of my, uh, oh, the props are probably not going to be hiding that for him. We'll see on next episode. But I like (laughs) Almeida. I like Almeida finishing him as well.
0: Yeah. uh, 975 is a crazy money line number, but like it's warranted. He looks so good lately. Um, I have something cooked up for when we talk, uh, next episode. So if you're looking for a way to belt that uh, hang on to next episode. We got you covered on that one. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's just going to steamroll him here. He's going to look better on the feet. He's going to look better on the ground. It, it's worth noting too, that Abdura has been finished a bunch lately. So, uh, yeah, give, give me Jelton all day.
1: All right. Jelton all day. All right. Shall we continue, Dan? I guess we shall. To the main prelims. Watch weights. Well, Munir Laziz versus Gabriel Bonfim, the other Bonfim brother. Um, I'll tell you about Laziz first though. The sniper. He's 11 and two with eight knockouts. He's been uh, knocked out himself once. Two and one in the UFC. He's He's gone win loss win over his UFC career. Was a regional champion. 2012 MMA pro MMA debut. Four inches of reach on Bonfim. More active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.12 strikes per minute. Plus 150. Bonfim Maratina. Maratina. Not Maretta like his brother. He's Maratina, which is what?
0: Uh tiny tiny hammer.
1: <laughs> tiny hammer, yes, or tiny sledgehammer, yes. Uh 13-0, three knockouts, 10 submissions. This is his UFC debut. one low on contender series. Was the LFA champion? Used to fight at Bantamweight Used to fight at lightweight. 10 years younger than Laz- Laziz. He's outstruck his one opponent on the contender series by 1.43 strikes per minute wrapping stats in his favor as well minus 180
0: this is a nightmare matchup for lizzie's like just an awful matchup for this dude um like you know i mentioned before i really like gabriel bomb already he moves forward really well he's got good defense but also just like if you look at what has cost more near liz in his couple of losses it is both uh, guys who can work him to the body like Warley Alves did, or guys who can take him down. Like if you want to go back to his brave uh, CF loss to Elder Eldoroff, like uh, Elderoff's a good wrestler. And here you go, you got a guy in Gabriel Baum theme who's going to do both of those things, who's going to move forward, who's going to pressure you, is going to tire you out, who's going to make you kind of try to counter-strike him, but also is like good defensively. And if he's not getting what he likes on the feet, he can just take you down and beat you up. It's been so long since we've seen Lazez knock somebody out, it's been like three years since he's knocked anybody out. So like, I just can't imagine him going 15 minutes with Bonfim and not getting the worst end of the grappling or, you know, it, it, he might not even need the grappling, but like Bonfim should be able to just take it to him. So yeah, I, I like Gabriel Bonfim quite a bit here.
1: All right. As do I. So did I make my pick? No, I didn't. Yes. Obviously Gabriel Bonfim and uh kind of nice number, right? The uh, What would, what did you Minus quote 180. again? Yeah, that's a nice one. I like that one. Yeah, but it's it's not like they're they're giving him a, a chump to start things off either. Way. No,
0: no, no. And and I think they they're giving him a guy who's both good, but also like I think a really good stylistic matchup for him because I know I, I think they know what he can do.
1: Yep, sounds good to me. Let's uh let's get this guy fast tracked if he's if he's a real deal. Uh, lightweights, Tiago Moises versus malquizal Costa. Is that right? Did I say it right? Mel Ma- but Melky's on. You can call him Melky, though a lot of people call him Melky or Melk is the nickname. Uh, 19 and five, seven knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Short notice UFC debut. Uh, alarm should be going off in everyone's heads now. Uh, he's won two straight fights, seven of eight, three straight via finish. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at bantamweight and featherweight. He's got an inch of height on Moises, three inches of reach, a year younger, plus three ten. Diego Moises, who was a guest of Dan's on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. So take that for what it's worth. If his insides don't explode before Saturday, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we are good. Uh, he's 16-6, and six, three knockouts, seven submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted once. Five and four in the UFC. He's won one of his last three. Did win his last fight, though. That was the one. Uh, he won it via submission. One no on Contender Series. RFA champion. Used to fight at featherweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Minus 380. And it's me. I will take Moises. Uh, like I said, if he makes it to Fight Night, he should be good. Costa does have a a good uh good resume um for a guy entering the UFC. Um, but like I said, short notice UFC debut, never a good idea. And he's going against a guy who's got far more high level experience than he does. So give me Moises. I'm gonna go with Melk. Oh, you're going to wow. Plus three ten. I'm, I'm gonna tell, go with Melk. What I'm you know about Melk? So first of all, I I watched
0: him in LFA a couple of, well, is it a couple of times that I saw him in LFA? Yeah, a couple of times I saw him in LFA. The the one that sticks out in my head is the recent fight against Junior Melo, where it, the, the things I like about him, I think, are trouble for Tiago Moises. And here's why. Tiago Moises is a good grappler, but he tends to strike more often than he grapples, right? I also saw Melk when he did get attempted to grapple with junior mellow swept worked right back to his feet immediately put some elevator hooks in got right back to his feet that's what you got to do if tiago moises tries to grapple you he also keeps really good range which makes it hard to set up those takedowns especially with tiago moises being a guy who's not particularly good at shooting takedowns in the first place right like if you go back to that win he had over michael johnson he like got stuffed a whole bunch of times in that first round against Michael Johnson. And then eventually had to like fall back for a heel hook. Now that worked, but will it work against the guy who's got good jujitsu like Mel Costa? I'm not sure. And in addition to that, Mel Costa has an incredible gas tank. He's very, very fit. He looks it as good in the third round as he does in the first. And he throws really hard. You know, like I'm thinking back to Tiago Moises, loss to Joel Alvarez and I think Costa can replicate a lot of that. Like I think he can throw in close quarters. I think he can stay away from the grappling exchanges. And, and I think if he does, I think he's going to get the better of the striking exchanges. So especially seeing a number like 310 next to him, man, dude, I, I think Costa's worth a stab there.
1: All right. Here we go. This is a total gumby pick, right? Three ten uh, odds against yeah. you. You're taking a guy off the regional scene, coming in on short notice. I
0: mean, you took a regional scene guy earlier at what plus 290. <laughs> like, don't yeah, don't true. put that don't put that just on me. <laughs> it's
1: true. I, I did a totally gumby move as well. All right. Um. Oh, here's another. We got a lot of favorites on this card, don't we? Um. This guy next guy's a favorite of ours, right? I think you picked against him once, but uh, you you uh were sadly mistaken picking against Hobocop. Gregory Hadigas. He's got a middleweight fight against Bruno Ferreira. Yeah, you picked him. Um. I picked Chidi. Yes, that's right. You're right. But now you're back on Hobocop train, hopefully. He's because he is fighting here. He's fighting, like I said, Ferreira, the Hulk Ferreira, nine and oh, six knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents. He's also making a short notice UFC debut. Um, oh, one and on the contender series. I believe you wrote him up. Uh, you had him ranked in the short UFC career. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, regional champ for Ferreira. He was about one, actually exactly 1.6 times more active landing strikes uh, than Hod Higuez off, based off of one fight. So probably you don't have to pay attention to that. He also struck his contender series opponent by 3.79 strikes per minute, plus 255. Hobocop, 13-4. Eight knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Four and one in the UFC. He's got two and all, both of them via knockout or TKO over his last two fights. All won the contender series. LFA champion, regional champion as well. Five inches of height, three inches of reach on Ferreira, plus 0.32 strikes per minute is what he's outstruck as UFC and contenders for his opponents by. So basically a push there. Grappin' stats are better than Ferreira's, minus 325. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm going with HoboCop here. I, I you know, I, I am, I will say, a little bit worried because Fajeda does hit really freaking hard. Like, he's he's a big puncher. But at the end of the day, like, I just don't think he's going to get to RoboCop enough. Like, I think RoboCop is just going to be faster, smarter, you know, like he, he stayed away from the biggest shots from Chidi who is huge, right? Like Chidi really big and Chidi hit him with some of his absolute best stuff and it still wasn't enough to put Hobo away. So like, I think Hobo is just going to, you know, be the craftier guy here against Bruno Fajeda, who's largely just like, he's just like a big puncher. Um, If you remember his contender series fight, he fought Liana Liu, who's an Italian guy who, you know, I, I think is a good ish prospect but like a goodish prospect at like middleweight or light heavyweight which is to say that like yeah he can punch but often he gets hit in the head really hard and doesn't have much of a chin so like I, i'm not ultimately all that impressed with Fajeda and i think rodriguez is just or Rodriguez is just going to uh to outclass him here
1: you know i gotta take cobalt cop as well so he is the one for us here all right um what do we oh main event time of the prelims Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Ihor Patiera. um this will be Shogun's retirement match until he comes out of retirement uh his nickname is Shogun if you n- may not know him being Hua he's 27 13 and one two not 21 knockouts one submission he's been knocked out six times submitted three times uh 21 11 and one in the UFC and we, it's still like you kind of not think of him as a UFC fighter, right? You kind of think of him as, yeah, as he's a, pride, a pride guy, as a pride guy he's pride but guy. <laughs> yeah, he has fought a buttload of fights in the UFC. Uh, actually, I don't, my math doesn't add up here. So I, I may have that incorrect because he's gone. He went 12-1 in pride. You can't go 12-1 for pride and go 21-11-1 in the UFC. So maybe the internal look at that in a moment, but anyhow, he's lost two straight fights. He being Hua. Uh, he's gone two, three, and one over his last six. Used to be the light heavyweight champion of the world. He ended the Machida era prematurely on us he fought at heavyweight once and lost that was his only loss in pride you remember who it was against Dan?
0: uh who
1: his only you... loss in pride i don't know the answer to that he went to went to heavyweight it was the hammer man uh mark oh coleman. mark coleman no shit yes yep true story all right uh he was 16 and 2 coming into the ufc and now he is so he went 11 11 and 1 is his correct number. So he's right at 500 in the UFC, not 21, 11, one, 11, 11, one. Um, that doesn't really make a difference on the picks here, I'm sure. Uh, 20, 2002, I want to say 20, but no, 2002 was his pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of reach on Pachiera. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0. 0.8 strikes per minute. Grappin stats are in his favor as well, plus 175. Pachiera, dualist is the nickname, 18 and three, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice. 0-1 in the UFC, that was one of his knockouts. He got TKO'd in his debut. That was his only loss in his last 16 fights. He's gone 15 and 1. 1-0 in contender series. He used to fight a heavyweight as well. Two inches of height on Shogun. 15 years younger. He's more active landing strikes based off of his two fights, contender series and UFC fights. He's more active landing strikes than Shogun. He however he has been outstruck by his opponents in those fights by 1.31 strikes per minute. Minus two fifteen. Finish us off.
0: Is it I think it's your turn. Really? I took Hobo Cop. I took
1: Hobo Yeah, Cop. I took Cop too after the fact, I thought. Uh, anyhow, um, give me Shogun. can you believe that? I'm gonna take Shogun.
0: I'm a little surprised you are taking Shogun.
1: Patiera uh, funny us in his last fight. Um yeah, I think Shogun may have one last gasp in in the tank. I, I may be fading Patiera too much here, but give me Shogun. Uh, I, I I said this was gonna be the uh, I'm playing it fast and loose this year, Dan, so there we go. I'm taking I, I'm gonna say this. I really hope you're right. And yeah, I also am gonna sense.
0: guess that and I also am gonna guess that you're wrong Um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take pottierra here mostly because in that first fight like he was taking it to Nikolai Nagumarau before he just like absolutely gassed himself out. I like to think he will be more composed in his next fight um I also don't know that a young longer tough boxer is going to have any trouble getting Shogun out early you know what I mean like it it doesn't strike me as Shogun doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to stand in there in a brawl and like survive and then be the grittier tougher guy later like he was that guy earlier in his career he just doesn't feel like that anymore right like he tapped out due to strikes against Paul Craig and like Anthony Smith overwhelmed him and like it, it, he just doesn't seem like the guy who is going to survive an early onslaught and like win the gritty battle. So like, I, I'm going to take potty here. I, I don't love the number. I will say, cause you know, Shogun turning back the clock in in, in Brazil one more time would be amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take potty here.
1: All right. So there you go. We got it done. I'll recap our picks quickly. And then we will bid you farewell until tomorrow. I got who, uh, Dan's got potty. We both have H- hot. He I have Moisés. He has Costa. We both have Bonfim, uh, the younger of the Bonfim brothers. Uh, what's his name? Ishmael. Gabriel. 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 Ooh, I got it mixed up. Gabriel. Uh, Bonfim. Uh, G means good. Bonfim. That's all I'm going to remember Dan. Um, we both have Almeida. Uh, we both have McKinney. We both have Alves. We both have Nunes. I have Lucerda. He has Stamen. And we both have Marcos. Does that sound correct? That sounds good to me all right little bad tabby let's get out of here um <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow how about episode 280 a historic 280 people said we never would make it past 279 when we started dan now we're gonna <laughs> move. now look at us 280 coming um until we meet again make sure you if you haven't already joined our sports dot podcast.com slash discord we have new people trickling in there every day it's lots of fun uh we usually hang out in the fights channel um Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account very well for us. So make sure you follow that. He also has his own account, Gumby Vreeland. Mine is Jeff Fox, writer. What else can I tell you about? All our writing uh, and all the other podcasts and everything, all our giveaways and discounts and contests and all that fun stuff is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, speaking of giveaways and stuff, if you want to enter my free pick 'em contest and read the rest of my MMA writing, non-sports uh gambling podcast writing is at moneymma.substack.com and we told you to listen to dan's podcast top turtle mma podcast it's a good listen, and he always has good interviews so there you go uh so that's 279 in the books we'll be back hopefully within a few hours into your ear holes 20 when you listen to this with our main card preview our props our locks our dogs All that fun stuff, that'll be tomorrow. So until we meet again, I will remain the Hulk. Chef Fox, Gumby, the Duelist, Vreeland will also return, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.